Welcome back or welcome to the Performance Rising podcast. Today, very special guest. We are uh, joined by Ian Jones, Assistant Athletic Director for Sports Performance at Wagner College. Ian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Uh, so far this season, we've talked to past guests, and I'm really excited to get a fresh perspective. And uh, unlike my other guests, you're not a coach per se. Uh, that's not your full-time job. You have much bigger responsibilities for an entire department. So with that said, Ian, tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you come from, where you've been, and how'd you end up where you are. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, so uh, Assistant Athletic Director for Sports Performance at Wagner College. Uh, I started, I think it's nine, nine, mo- nine months ago to, to the day today. So back in, back in July. Um, and, you know, Obviously, a very interesting first year with what we got going on right now, and uh, just uh, overall uh, a great experience to date. Uh, prior to arriving at Wagner um, from Cork, Ireland, a place called Bishopstown originally, and spent the majority of the last ten years uh, in the USA. Really, entire career has kind of been over here, and started out in collegiate athletics. Uh, mainly football, a couple of stops, internships and stuff like that. South Carolina, Eastern Michigan. Um, then a few years back, ended up working full-time at uh, Penn State for just under three years. Um, then a few years in the NFL, Cleveland Browns and Houston Texans. And, uh, you know, heavily involved in, in rugby uh, over here as well. I've still do some consulting with the uh, USA women's rugby and their women's program. And then uh, with the major league rugby as well with rugby United New York. So, you know, that's uh, a team we have at Wagner college that we they train out of the university. So lots of stuff going on and lots of stops, but uh, excited where I am right now and looking forward to keeping progressing. So that is a, an impressive resume. Uh, for those who maybe aren't familiar with what sports performance is, could you give us kind of an overview of what it is you do what, uh, and what are your thoughts? What are you, what's your particular take on sports performance? Sure. I think that's a great point. And when we talk about this a lot, um, so my profession, like originally, you know, a strength and conditioning, a strength and conditioning coach in regard, you know, when people think of strength and conditioning and they think of, you know, weightlifting and running and conditioning and, you know, that's kind of the strength, strength and conditioning coach's role. And over, you know, the last number of years, it's been quite prevalent. It's, this is it's kind of evolved into what sports performance and that's, you know, strength and strength and conditioning is only one strand of that. Right. So you're looking at, we look at, at Wagner right now. Okay. So we're looking at combining all the main components of physical and mental development. So, you know, we look at sports science, we look at strength and conditioning, sports medicine, Okay, you've sports psychology or mental skills, whatever you'd like to call that um, on that end. And, you know, also like performance nutrition, you know, there are kind of five key elements we're attacking right now and bringing that model together and then kind of sports performances is that is that end product when you take all those factors into the into account, you know, uh, I guess the current role is trying to integrate all those things and work with all those departments as much as possible. Um, while also directly, you know, doing the strength conditioning for uh, the department. That sounds very complex. What is nah. a, uh, what's a, a typical day look like for you? 
Sure. Uh, I guess normally right now, uh, staff of five, or this semester we had five graduate assistants um, and uh, a part-time assistant sports performance coach who are all assigned to different teams, about 500 student athletes, over 20 teams at Wagner College. So we'll meet every morning. Um, first, like normally come in, train, train myself. Most of the staff train in the morning. It's just easier to get, easier to get it done in the morning before, you know, never know what pops up. And so that good early start and then have a sports performance staff meeting every morning. Uh, normally throughout the week, like we keep, try to keep them pretty quick, you know, 10, 10, 15 minutes, just a quick overview of the day uh, for everybody. Make sure we're all on the same page. And normally have a longer meeting in season on a Sunday to, you know, prepare us for the week ahead. And then Fridays we do uh, in the mornings, we do kind of our, our staff development topic, like a continuing education deal. So that, that's kind of the morning. Uh, first groups normally come in the weight room uh, about normally 6 a.m., 6 or 7 a.m., depending on, you know, schedule. So and then that's a steady stream on the hour of teams throughout the day. Uh, myself, I directly right now train, you know, lead football women's lacrosse and women's water polo um so you know i'll be out on the floor with them and then there or you know maybe supervising or assisting the, the graduate assistants a little bit uh you know with football kind of very hands-on out to every practice and out in the field kind of mid-morning and stuff like that i'd say once uh you know once that 11 or 12 o'clock time kind of hits that's more of a time I might end up being upstairs. Uh, you know, Monday when we're in our regular schedule is uh, our administration meeting where you've, you know, the, the four senior administrators and then the assistant athletic directors where we sit down on Mondays just to kind of go through each department with uh, the athletic director. And so that that's kind of that midday time. Uh, myself and the uh, head athletic trainer, Matt Denblaker, work pretty closely together. Uh, I wouldn't say we have a, a formal sit down every day because we spend so much time together um, just for our, our offices and the training room and waiting. We're so close together. It's, it's really just a continuous communication throughout the day. Uh, some of that's just back and forth. And then some of it's, you know, issues and stuff that arise. So that's, that's probably a lot of the out of department communication. And then just throughout the day, outside of the, the training, the training of teams, I think it's, you know, managing the staff, managing schedules, meeting with sport coaches, meeting with sport head coaches, um, meeting with facilities about schedules for the coming semester, just like piecing all that stuff together and, and making sure we're, we're operating and functioning all on the same page. You know, that's probably the biggest challenge, right? The communication part is huge and just making sure everybody knows where everybody's meant to be. And, you know, that one sport isn't thinking they're doing something and, you know, just that communication like throughout the day. So that's incredible. And I think many who maybe aren't familiar with sports performance probably default to a strength conditioning coach. But what you're talking about is a is an integrative approach. So you're you're basically interfacing with everyone in the department to make sure that your student athletes are operating at their optimal level. Is that accurate? Yeah, uh, I think that's that's the overall goal, right? And I think we're in a very early stages of trying to do that. Um, so by no means are we anywhere near the finished product. I'd give a lot of credit to our senior women's administrator, uh, Jen Sansevero. She, you know, she was able to kind of get some nutrition stuff up and going. And one of the graduate assistants right now, uh, Sylvia Carley, is a registered dietitian. So having that uh, full-time on campus is big for us. Um, the head athletic trainer, Matt, um, 
you know, was also brought in by Jen, the same as myself. And he started like a month after me. So he's been there eight months. So I've been there nine. Um, the nutrition deal is, is, is new. Uh, we've got some outside contract stuff we do with some of the sports science resources of testing with you know, some technology that we don't, you know, budgetary have ourselves. And again, like Jen highlighted that and kind of built that relationship and, and a consultant on the mental skills side of things. Just again, budgetary don't have that full time yet. And honestly, the overall goal would be to get all those things full time on campus with, you know, fully benefited positions. But, you know, it, it's a it's a yearly process that doesn't happen in a year or two or three. That's sometimes that can take 10 years. Right. And so we're at early stages of that integration of all those factors. And I think we're hitting them all, you know, in a in a small capacity. And I think everybody most universities at the division one level, you know, they're very familiar with athletic training, very familiar with strength and conditioning. And now the last few years, I think nutrition has taken off. I think sports psychology has taken off and, you know, and the, the whole sports science thing has taken off as well. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to catch up to that. And, you know, there's obviously a huge difference between a SEC or big 10 power five versus a Northeast conference FCS level in regards to funding and things like that. So, you know, we're slowly but surely just building our way towards that, you know, end goal of real, real integration at all times. So if you could talk about, you know, 10 years down the road, what does that perfect evolution look like? Uh, I think, you know, one of my, one of the key principles like we operate on it, like in regards to sports forums is like people first. That's the first thing I always say is like, you know, when I sat down with budgetary wise with our, our finance guy and, like well you need this you need that and I was like to be honest the first thing I want to do is invest in like staffing and if we can't get new staffing it's in regards like the first this year like my first semester we spent the money we had on doing professional development certifications with the graduate assistants and you know that I think that was a little bit new to them I was like well if we upskill five people that affects 500 student athletes versus buying 10 new barbells you know um so I think I think people I think people first is the key uh, in regards ten years down the road. You know, the more full time, experienced, certified strength and conditioning coaches and athletic trainers, uh, full time sports sports dietitian, full time sports psychology, uh, full time sports science. You know, just uh, more full time people uh, who are a consistent presence presence across the university. Um, that's like, that would be, that would be for me ideal because I think, you know, facilities are nice and like, you know, obviously we all want to upgrade facilities and that's a big part of recruiting. But I think if you've got great people, um, who are consistent across the campus, then you're in a great spot. You know, I think, I think we've got some great people right now, but because we're, we're heavily reliant on graduate assistants, you know, they come in, they develop, they do a great job across 18 to 22 months that they're there across their program but then that turns over again, you know, so the consistency, it, it will never be there like that. But, you know, as department heads and trying to be leaders, you, you try to maintain that consistency for the, for the sports and the student athletes. Yeah. So what you're touching on is, is something that virtually every coach who comes on here talks about, and that is that athletics is so much about relations. And I'm wondering if you could talk about, you know, the relationships with the student athletes and, and how those relationships really drive what you do and how you do it. 
For sure. Um, I think respect and trust, I think, would be like two two key, not to use like buzzwords, but like two two key staples that you need to look at. Um, tr- like, so we want to build trust with them and we want to respect them. We want them to respect us. And then that allows for you to to really, really demand in regards the other side of it, which is like, you know, we're trying to physically make them better athletes, right? Like that's, you know, that that's a part of the job that, you know, sometimes people kind of forget about, right? So like primarily, you know, we're trying to physically build them, but then obviously you're trying to build them as people as well. So without the respect both ways and trust both ways, it makes that very difficult because, you know, you've coached a long time and sometimes you're like, it's tough to be a student athlete, right? The, the work, the work-life balance between academics and, early mornings, late nights, you know, social life, all those other stressors, you know, we talked about that a lot. If you're, if they're on a down day and you don't have respect and trust and you're demanding a lot from them, uh, that's going to be tough for them to, you know, really have a a good output in that session. Um, So like, how do we do that? Um, I think it's everything from the language you use when you coach, uh, which is huge. We preach a lot with the graduate assistants. I think one of the main coaching through questioning uh, you know, engage, engage, engage the student athletes, different teams are engaged different ways. Um, so I think that engaging versus, so, you know, questioning instead of telling, uh, I think the more you get away from telling the better, uh, they, their opinion feels valued. They certainly start to respect you because you're showing interest in what they think. Um, and sometimes it might not even realize, realize what's going on. Right. But, you know, there's a difference between saying, all right, go do three sets of 10 on back squat versus, you know, all right, like uh, what's a good lower body movement for strength. This is a basic example. And then, okay, well, we're doing three sets of 10 today. Like what, what does that work on? Like, why are we doing high reps? Well, you know, so like you're teaching them, educating them, but also taking their opinion as, as you go. And I think that starts to build that relationship. And then I think, I think social media has been big, obviously, and everything. And I'm not great at it. Uh, the graduate assistants, they, they like send you the link to the account. Like they run a call it iron Seahawks for the weight room. Um, the our graduate assistants, like they do a great job of running it. Um, I'm not going to take credit for it. You know, they, and I think that's been good. We do a weekly award, like kind of like the weight room warrior of the week, like the RNC Hawk of the week. And they get a protein shaker and a championship belt and just got to meet, you know, steal it from somebody else. I heard him say like, meet them where they're at, you know, if they're on their phone, are you going to tell them to put their phone away or are you going to try like, you know, do that whole deal. So I think that's been helpful in building that respect and trust. And, you know, a big thing we talk about is like, we want them to want to come in outside of when, you know, they're all going to, they're not going to, you know, we got good, good student athletes and good young adults at Wagner. They're, they're not trying to skip their team training, but like, do they want to come in for extra? So every Saturday we started like a power hour, you know, or two hour, like 10 to noon, you know, come in for extra and, and Sundays one hour, like if you want, like come into mobility recovery. So it's a little bit more laid back than maybe an intense training environment. They get to be around student athletes from other teams in that environment, which I think they like as well um, for whatever reasons. Um, so I think that's, I think that's extremely positive. Um, every Friday and we will talk about this, I guess a little bit, uh, we started uh, between sports medicine and sport and strength and conditioning. Uh, we do a optional, 2 p.m. presentation on a different topic. Uh, so, you know, the, 
people have presented like and, and everything to the student athletes from nutrition is a big one obviously you know and you know they all that's we could, we could present on nutrition every day but we've done stress management we've done uh the sports performance model at wagner like how to maximize your college experience uh sleep you know different different factors and again i think we've gotten you know we've always had around 20 people voluntarily come up and i think we had a high one one time we had a like 59 people, which we, that was only after doing it for, I think we made six to eight total presentations in, perp- in person. So just different initiatives, uh, our dietitian, Sylvia did a great job and the university did a great job of funding it. Uh, something called try it out Thursday. They do, uh, the first Thursday of every month when we were on campus, uh, a different food provided like a sample, like, like a protein ball or, a, a different kind of treat that like, you know, get, get some kind of feeling, it's it's a little bit more than just like come in, do your lift or do your run and go home. Um, so I, it's probably a lot of information we could kind of keep going, but you know, I, I think, I think everybody's done a, a nice job of like attacking num- numerous initiatives and really, really only, really only six months on campus. Right. Because you're looking at, you know, academics starting in August and there since July, and then you're down for Christmas a little bit besides the basketballs. And now we've been gone for a month. So, you know, in a short space of time, I, I feel like been managed to, you know, really engage them and start building those relationships and excited to get back because I think now we can really push the training side of it, which we're already doing, but now like, you know, they trust like, Oh, the, the, these people know what they're doing. You know, cause when you're new somewhere, right. That's always a question. Like where, where are they from? Like, oh, do they know what they're doing? I like the old way. Like, why are we, you know? So I think that's, I think that's starting to be established and I'm excited to, get back to the train inside of it. We get back. Phenomenal information. And (laughs) you're exactly right. I mean, we could spend all day unpacking this, Um, but certainly our time is precious and I don't want to spend too much time here, but I do want to go back and you said something about empowering athletes. And this is a major (laughs) shift that I've seen in the last really seven to 10 years, which is shifting the paradigm of athletics from a coach centered focus to yes, an athlete centered focus, which is empowering the athlete to think now. So I come from soccer, which in and of itself by nature is a very cognitive centered sport. Um, football, again, not to take anything away from football. It's a different kind of cognition. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking about plays where in soccer and other sports like that, there is no such play. It's free flowing. And this was really driven home to me. I was very fortunate enough to take a course from FC Barcelona, their introductory coaching course. And in their model, you know, arguably one of the best producer of talent uh, in the world, you know, it's, it's very explicit. Like coaches are not to talk and tell players what to do. They lead by asking why. And this all, all that to say, and it gets to this question, you know, what is culture to you and how does it operate in, in your department of sports performance? Okay. Uh, I would say I'd go back to that first principle, uh, but I, I always kind of go back to it as people first. That That's what culture is to me um, in regards, like, you know, is, is what you're doing in the best interest of the person? And, you know, there's a trade-off in that, right? Because sometimes what's the best for an individual isn't the best part of a team, and that's, you know, the art of being a head coach or running a session or, you know, going on from that. But like that, that culture of, you know, do the student athletes, 
do the strength staff, do the trainers, do the administrators? Does everybody put people first, you know? And like, if everybody puts people first in everything they do, there is no issue with people feeling like an individual because we're all trying to, you know, we're all trying to help somebody else out as well as better ourselves. Um, and I think that that's when there's like a strong foundation of culture in, in regards to that. And then, then the other thing is like continuous development and learning, uh, kind of what you spoke about with, you know, with the Barcelona system. Um, and Ke- Kevin Markle, he's one of our graduate assistants. He's graduating out and I, I was kind of steal this from him. Like when he did his presentation, we made a great point. He's like, how many student athletes have we coached or strength and conditioning coaches or sport coaches that, you know, when they leave after four years in college, don't know how to go to into a public gym and just like do a training session or a workout themselves, like and how to structure it. They've done all these things for four years, but they never understand the why or the how. So, you know, and he kind of pushed me on this, like a big goal of ours should be when they, when someone leaves the Wagner sports performance, like model student athlete experience, they should have all these tools, even if, you know, not, not many people are going to be a professional athlete, but like, can you go train yourself? Do you know, you know, you're not going to be as well-versed, but like a general idea. Do you understand generally good nutrition, generally good sleep habits, you know, generally good, you know, mental skills that should have transferred to the workplace? You know, are you leaving your collegiate athletic experience with those things? Um, and that, 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 that's a great, like that learning culture, you know, and development culture, I think on top of making sure we're always putting people first before, you know, necessarily winning and like winning it, winning is the outcome, right? We all understand that, you know, we, like people like to win, like that, that's okay. But focus on that, you know, you know, on those key principles, I think, you know, you're being a pretty good spot. I, I'm, I'm just impressed. I mean, what you guys are doing is pretty spectacular. Uh, and, you know, before we, we, we jump out, my question is, you know, it's twofold. What do you wish every coach knew about sports performance? And then, what do you wish every student athlete knew about sports performance? Great question. I think if every coach understood that every session has numerous outcomes of, so no matter what, so in regards what, so there's always going to be a physical outcome. There's always going to be a technical outcome. There's always going to be a tactical outcome. Okay. So and then there's probably always going to be, there is a mental outcome. Okay. So, you know, those things all interlink. So I think like when people practice plan, I know this is something some coaches get more interested or not. Like I'm very interested in it is, you know, there might be a focus on something else. The focus might be on a technical outcome, but still realizing, well, what's the physical outcome of this? It's easy to say, well, we're not conditioning today. Like we're focusing on like shape for soccer or, you know, whatever it may be. But okay, we're focusing on shape, but there's still a physical outcome. There's still a tact, there's still a, well, so that would be tactical, but there's still a technical outcome of that tactical shape learning. Um, and the, the, play, the state players and student athletes, they're always coming off the field that something like mentally, like they're leaving with a certain feeling. And as a coach, I think being aware of, you know, what the outcome goals of every session are, or what the goal is and what actually happens, you know. I think that for coaches, I think for student athletes and all coaches, I think that's huge. Cause I think if you communicate, well, this is the goal of the session and the key areas to everybody. And then, then you can review and reflect as a team and a staff and players. 
and like the progress and at the start i've been involved in some stuff like that start different places and it's slow like you know it, it's easy to sit here and talk about some of this stuff and I, i'd reiterate we're at a very early stage of you know trying to get this model in place like super super early we're at the we're at the relationship stage you know just we're just maybe just getting there with that um so like starting to you know get that going i think is huge because I, I would say that's nearly the the same answer for student athletes and coaches. I think it's just, again, looking at the more athlete centered environment versus coach centered, you know, I think that's, I think that's important. You could literally spend all day here. I mean, what you're talking about is, is so in my mind, cutting edge, right? It's, it's, it's evolving a paradigm. Um, I said, that was my last question. I lied. This is my last question before I go forward is, you know, thinking about your role in your department, is there a model out there that you think is just getting this right? Um, and if so, you know, what is it and where is it and how is it? Yeah. Um, I get it. Gets, it's such an extremely difficult question because, uh, you know, I say this all the time, like perception is always reality and you're kind of seeing and reading things about so on social media. So I try not to criticize anybody based on what they post, but I also try not to be like, Oh, they're doing it the best way because I'm not in their shoes. And so again, I I don't feel, I don't feel it's right to comment on who I know is not doing it right or who is doing it right. Just because I'm not there and I I don't know really what's going on, like where I've seen it work well in the past. um, You know, trying to think. I think I think some sports have, as you alluded to, I think sports I think sports wise I would comment on like, you know, I think the field sports and the Olympic sports, things like rugby and soccer, lacrosse is, you know, on an individual sport basis are are more tuned into questioning and athlete centered and holistic model and stuff like that. And culturally is what I would say. Um in from communications and again i only see that with sports i work with i think the the major sports um are are slower to, in america are slower to come through that way for sure and and that's i think that's a it's a cultural thing right but i also think it's also how the sport is set up because if you football and i've worked a lot in football and i love football current football coach was great like worked with a lot of great football coaches great people and how do you make it an athlete centered environment when the coach is always calling the play? Right. So like, I don't have a solution to that. I mean, there's obviously strategies, but at the end of the day, no matter what happens until you get to a very high level where maybe a quarterback is like able to do like the players always relying on the coach versus you'll see sports like soccer and rugby where the coach might sit down for the entire game and not even get up and say one word. Right. So you know, I think that's, uh, I think that that's going to be, that's, that's a huge, huge deal. Yeah. And I would add too, from my own experience, I think a lot of this comes from the different perception of sports scientists in Europe versus in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Europe, the sports scientist is as highly regarded as any other academic. I mean, there are PhD programs and it's just a very robust system. Uh, and I don't think that has translated to the American sports world. 
Uh, and it's just a different outlook about um, how to progress sports. I'm not going to say it's good or bad. I think it's just a different, you're obviously European. I'm wondering if you think that's true or if I missed something. Uh, I mean, I think on the masses and again, most of my career has been in the USA or in America. So, you know, I've been more exposed to that. Yeah. Yes. And no, uh, I would say in my, in my opinion, and I actually said, I said this like five or six years ago, like what I loved about America when I, I first came here is like, I feel like American coaches culturally like are, are great at team building or great at communication or are great at, you know, a lot of the intangible things um, in a superior way to where I'm from. Uh, just what I was exposed to, like really good at that stuff. Everything from the culture of like getting a break to like, you know, keywords and phrases and all those things. Um, and again, I haven't worked at home in a long, long time, so I don't know how that's developing there. But um, yeah, like the, the data and stuff, obviously that's been going on since the 70s and 80s in Australia and like in the early 90s and moving forward in Europe. So it's just a few years ahead in regards to the use of the data and the holistic approach probably. But I think it's catching up and the world is so small now too. Um, I, I'm, I'm not like a huge advocate of data uh, in regards... I know how to use it. I think it's got its place, but in my opinion, it, you could say it's complimentary. Uh, I actually, in my opinion, it's secondary. Um, that's, I've had a few heated debates about that with people. You're saying, well, if you, why can't you do both? And that's a great question, but, um, you need a very, very special, you know, coaching staff of any sport who, can make that balance like 50, 50, right. And the use of like, like data and intangible skills. And so, you know, I think American coaching culture, like I really, really enjoy it. And that's why I've stayed here so long, you know, on top of getting married, I guess. <laughs> well said. And on that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pivot here uh, to one of the main topics of the season, which is how athletics is having to be reimagined in light of, of COVID and social distancing. And, you know, let's start with that. How has your department, your student athletes been affected by, by COVID and social distancing? Well, well, hugely right. I think it's, it's uh, our athletic director, you know, he always says when we have all staff meetings, he's always like, everyone needs to remember, like we have jobs because of the student athletes. Right. So suddenly there's nobody to coach <laughs> in, in person. So, you're trying to adjust and go from there. So obviously we're, we're in a bit of a hot spot in, in New York, Staten Island where Wagner is. So that's a total shutdown and pretty much been at that since I think we're on like 30, 31 days now, something like that. Uh, I think Mar Monday, March 16th was our last day on campus. Um, you know, I guess timing wise, it worked out okay for us in that the student athletes were going on spring break the Friday before that. So the university let them off on a Wednesday, two days early. Um, so with in regards like physical training, it kind of gave us a built in, a built in break that was there anyway, in case, you know, people were coming back and then obviously quite quickly it came out, the seasons weren't ending and you know, or the seasons were ending, like they weren't going to finish out the competitive season. Um, so impact hugely, obviously your, your, your plan day to day is totally gone out the window in regards personally, um, and professionally, um, it's impacted Wagner in that sense for everybody. Um, 
you know, thankfully the seniors have a uh, potential extra year of eligibility. So I think that's a, a positive thing. Um, on the, on the, on the people first side of it, I think people's daily lives are hugely, hugely, hugely changed. We've a lot of foreign student athletes. So that, that was a, that was a big deal and you know not something I'm involved in really of making sure they're at home or, you know, there's different departments for that. But, you know, I think that's, you know, people getting home back to, different areas huge effect on that in their personal life and then university wise affected you know obviously budgets are going to be affected uh, hugely you know no ncaa basketball tournament the ncaa has you know brought out some figures and stuff on that so i think different plans and stuff like that may have to change once we kind of figure out where we're going to go with this of development and that's okay i don't think that's you know but we're hoping hoping we can keep everybody working and keep everybody going as much as we can. Um, that's a general overview, I guess. You know, I guess you're looking at, at the personal level and then also at the university level and what's been affected um, operation-wise. Um, you know, how that looks like in our daily, our daily life now. Um, I think Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and WhatsApp and all these things have become uh, staples and the majority of people's days, uh, you know, football, uh, all, I think all our teams are, they're dealing with it a little bit different, just depending on how the head on a team by team basis, how the, how the head coaches want to, what season they're in, you know, cause there is still hours of eligibility and stuff that you can, you can use from the NCAA. So football, we're in spring ball right now. Uh, they have some sort of meeting every day. There's a staff meeting every day. Um, the players rotate between, uh, Position meetings on Tuesday, Thursdays, we have an all-team meeting on a Wednesday, and um, they do individual meetings then at other times. Um, so I think learning how to communicate in a digital platform is extremely, for some people, maybe not, I, I'm, I've, I found it quite difficult, um, you know, because you know, you have to mute your microphone, and you can't just go back and forth, and well, if you have 20 guys on a call, you know, so... Like that that's how you know football have their interaction like that and then different initiatives for like with the team like having an app on their phone like was a step count challenge or you know different challenges and women's across are doing a nice job they do like a quiz night that's optional and you know the ncaa has been changing the rules every couple of days on us you know originally we were, they were able to like post their workouts and we're like, and tag us and we could share the video. And that was a way to engage them. We're not allowed to do that anymore. And, you know, stuff like that, like different, small, different initiatives. Um, so each, each team is a little bit different, but I'd say everybody's communicating in some form via video conference. You know, I think seeing the faces is big at the, at the sport level. Um, at the administration level, I think, you know, our senior administrators they you know they're in a daily meeting just cons with the, especially the president of the university and stuff like that just i think that's just a constant evaluation of you know today just came out you know another 30 days or whatever of isolation so you know everything's probably got to be reevaluated again based on that you're waiting on the ncaa um strategies on the sports performance end i guess you can talk a little bit more about right um so, and I'm, I'll give the credit to the graduate assistants on this again. They, they've done a phenomenal job with our Instagram. That's kind of, I think we only had like a couple hundred, the student athletes following. It was like over a thousand and they do it a different theme every day and to engage the student athletes, you know, they post like general at home workouts with no equipment. They post them for every day of the week on Sundays so they can see the week ahead. Uh, we do a recommend a book 
like a, a recommended reading a book or an article on a Monday uh, the Sylvia the dietitian puts out a, a try it yourself recipe on a Tuesday uh, do like some sort of a quote on they call it wisdom Wednesday I don't, I don't know like I didn't come up with it again I'm not gonna steal the ideas uh, Thursday is normally some sort of a different kind of relaxation tip or deep breathing or meditation or you know something like that like a a stress related post uh friday they do they've rotated friday a little bit some some couple information things on sleep and saturday you like a trivia question again you know we get pretty good you know a couple hundred involvements in that from the student athletes which i think is good to you know they're on their phone like we're all on our phone like we're not gonna so that's a good way to engage them off that platform initially so they they still know we're there on a broad sense and then every friday we've we've continued to do our educational presentation so we still do that on fridays this week it is about uh the sports performance model but how do you maximize that from home so we try to make it like there's practical things to do at the end of it. So, uh, Andrew Markham, our, our another graduate assistant, he's going to be presenting on that. And so that's via zoom again, you know, instead of being in person, which, you know, different challenges, but making it available. Uh, then what I've said, to, uh, you know, I think everyone's got key calls on their schedule. Like I communicate with the head athletic trainer every day, back and forth and, you know, sports medicine, they're, they're going to do a presentation next week and think a fun one. Um, I think, a big thing that like I think is huge is not to lose the individual touch. So all I say to the sports forum staff, like the five graduate assistants, myself is uh, I want them to either text or call individually. Like every, so if I have three teams, football, women's across women's water polo, and you know, someone might have baseball, men and women's tennis, just like a check-in, you know, and the, some of the foreign student athletes are a little more difficult if they're offline, a little bit different timing. So that might be email. Um, and really I was surprised like with some of the responses of when people are bored at home, you know, so it's nice to get a, Oh man, it's Thursday. Like, you know, coach, whoever checked in with me and you know, that three or four texts like makes the world a difference to, you know, a lot of people. Um, so I think that that's the most important thing I think, you know, that we're doing honestly is it's good to put content out there because it does good profile for the university and, you know, you're, providing education but i think that personal touch is uh is probably is definitely the most important thing in, in my opinion yeah uh one of the questions we've been exploring is the fact that because student athletes you know they're not on campus and they've lost support systems they've lost not only their teammates and their coaching but also any mental health staffing that might be readily available mm -hmm. and so you know one of the things that i've seen is because the coach in your case, strength and conditioning coach is becoming the primary contact to student athletes. They're, they're starting to take on different roles and in particular that of mental health and, and how do you, how do you address, how do you support the mental health of student athletes? I'm wondering if you have experienced any of that. And if so, you know, what, what do you think about that topic? I mean, I, it's of the utmost importance. You know, I think it's a positive thing that people are becoming or more comfortable speaking about mental health because you know it's not it's not taboo it's not 10 years ago it's okay to say like you're not okay and all that good deal and um you know obviously working in athletics for the last 10 or so years if you come across those different things i just don't want to get into specific situations on this but yeah for sure it comes up um 
And I think, you know, we we have a certain protocol in place in regards to the department of going through sports medicine. If, you know, there's like red flags or stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I think it's like in that area, like I think it's very important not to necessarily counsel and give advice on something you're not qualified in because uh, you could very dangerously if you and I, I think we our sports medicine staff have done a great job like of educating us on different things throughout this past the semester before of how to deal with certain red flags and stuff like that so you know you know we have a, a, a protocol in place of like well if you do think there's an issue like well where do you go next and so stuff like that so that that remains in place even remotely you know that, that would remain in place even remotely um so I think, and I think it, most athletic departments would have this, you need that, that protocol and that process has to be in place in that area. You know, it's, you know, I'd like to say like, well, nobody should be telling people like how to work out, like, cause that's a qualification too. Like for sure it is, but there's obviously different extremes. It's a lot more extreme of, you know, me trying to tell somebody about their mental state versus somebody telling somebody to do a, a back squat, you know, there's, there's a little risk, the risk, the risk factor, that's a little bit different. So I think we, everyone, and we've been pretty good about, uh, everyone's on the same page on that, I think. Yeah. Thanks for that description. Impressive. Impressive that, uh, both that you have a protocol, uh, and that there are supports in place, you know, we're, we're coming to the end. And, and the, one of the last questions I'll ask is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to have a fall season. I'm wondering, you know, looking again down the future, what do you think, if any, is the lasting legacy of this experience for college athletics? Uh, I think the, I think in the world in general in college athletics is the importance of being present, you know, Um, and I'm I'm as guilty as anybody. Like, Like, I think people are, really going to value their interactions everyone's going to value their interactions like hugely and realize like what those interactions mean you know same thing as like we're talking about practice there's always an outcome like you leave every interaction feeling a certain type of way about whatever just happened and so i think people are going to be like, pretty conscious about that and i think that would be it just uh, the value of being present you know but maybe suddenly like you're not really looking at your phone when you're sitting down with the, at a meal or you're not have your headphones in when, you know, whoever's there. Um, you know, I, I was making fun of my parents and they're like, Oh, let's start doing a, a son of a brother. Like I start doing a Sunday, like, you know, family zoom call and we started doing it. And I was like, you understand like we've all four of us have lived apart like for nearly 10 years and we never did this. This is no different for us. Like, it's not like, you know, but it's something that came about because of this, you know, just make, making that time to interact. Um, so that's what I would say. Ian, you have been very generous with your time. I have learned a tremendous amount for you from you. And I just want to thank you for coming on. If people are interested in learning more about either you or your program, where can they find you on social media? Uh, for sure. Uh, the, the Wagner sports performance, I'm going to look this up right now. Cause I'll get it wrong. Uh, if they look up iron, C- iron Seahawks, they'll find it. But I believe it's uh underscore iron Seahawks. One word underscore is the username. Um, and then I'm not a, my, my own is a 
Ian Jr. Jones is Instagram. I don't, I don't post anything too crazy, just, you know, the old wedding picture or something like that. <laughs> um, maybe I should use it a little bit more. And then Twitter, I Jones strength. Um, and then uh, if I email ian.jones at wagner.edu. Um, and I, you, I think you have the details, the other stuff. People want to reach out and love talking, training and coaching and anything like that and go from there. Yeah, I'll post all the information on, on the website. Ian, thanks again. I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. And thank you for being uh, such a presence in the life of your student athletes. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Performance Rising podcast. If you liked what you heard, you can find all the information about the podcast at performancerising.org. And be sure to check out the Instagram page at performance underscore rising.